You look so serious behind me. Rescue Sorry. the Fosters is about changing the foster system. We want to ensure every child has a safe environment to grow and become healthy, successful adults. Additionally, when I was in the foster care system, I had to defend for myself. Rescue the Foster is here to empower the youth aging out of the system and offer resources to ensure they are not dependent on the government. What we observed was that children become institutionalized and end up in prison and providing the government with more funds. Rescue the Foster will provide coaching, resume writing, interview skills, professional attire for interviews, budgeting, applying for college, and obtaining housing. We want these youth to live the most freeing, successful life possible. It is their right and our responsibility to ensure that our future kids and grandchildren can live happy lives. Jeremiah 2911, for I know the plans I have for you, praise the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Good evening and welcome to Rescue the Fosters. I am Gino, your host, and as always, my co-hosts and co-founders of Rescue the Fosters, Miss Danielle Holm and Miss Sylvia Beachy. Ladies, how are you this evening? I'm Good, feeling how like are you? free bird. Good. <laughs> <laughs> you are feeling free tonight, yes. Yes, we yes. had a uh, pre-show conversation. Danielle is feeling very free. Remember that song "Free Bird," Tom? You probably remember. The girls probably don't, but uh, yeah, it goes forever. It's like four minute long. Yeah, <laughs> four, four. It's like forty. It, isn't it? <laughs> Wait, no, I'm thinking. Leonard Skinner. Yeah. Leonard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember? Yeah. It's that, like yeah. One of my whoever he's talking beatings. to, whoever he's talking to, must have an IQ of three because it's just not getting. <laughs> Like, one of my I'm favorite Beavis and Buttheads, though, was when yeah, he's yeah. They're, they're sitting there and they're doing their thing and they're like, play yeah, yeah. some Skinnered, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, like, Gino, you just done did it now. So you oh, just no, this, I this did. Signal, I did. And now oh, they no, know. freeze that. Oh. I'm, I'm part of the Super Bowl thing. Yep, sorry, Don't, guys. don't look, Morpheus. Don't I've look. Been, <laughs> I've been found out. As always, we have our returning co-host also. I almost said guest, Tom. But he is now officially a co-host of this Tuesday nights with Tom, Rescue the Foster Special Edition, Mr. Tom Althaus, the original screenplay writer of Uh The Immortals, stolen by the Hollywood cabal and turned into something Mm -hmm. called The Matrix. You might have heard of it. Anyway, Tom, how are you? I'm doing great. Can't wait to make the original film the way it's supposed to be made. That's going to be cool. I can't wait for that either. That's going to be a lot of fun. That is going to be really fun. I want to be on set. I want to be, and actually, Possibly. I want. Can I have director on my chair? Was that something uh, that's possible? No, yes, you that, can. You, wait, that, wait, that was my that's, job. That's yeah, Sylvia. <laughs> that's her job. You're gonna have to be my job too. What's that? Yeah, that's right. Sylvia's director. That's right. Oh. All right, producer. We have other. I'll we have take. other positions. We have other positions, Gino. I don't even yeah. know what's the difference between producer and director. Producer's supposed to get the, the money to fund it. Director's supposed to artistically uh, uh, okay. hear it. Wait, I want to change oh. my position. Yeah, what do you want to <laughs> too be? Too late, too late. Producer. Producer's mine. No, too late. Producer. Oh, well, producers are like gold. They're important. They're like hard to find. Too late. So, take it's all mine. Gonna be my first movie ever. So yeah, that's important. So if you want that job, take it. You can be executive <laughs> producer. Yeah. Yay! Do you know you're Oh man! Producer. All right, I'll take the director, whatever. But I want to. I want an increase. You don't want it? Increase, Tom. No, I do, but I want a pay increase and. I have some special demands in that green room. So 
Sure. We will have, no, we'll have lobster. No green M&Ms. I want, uh, yeah. let's see what else I want. You I got to think of a ones. couple. I, I'm sure I got, yeah, I want a blue and red only. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's going to have to be go. negotiated. You're going to yeah. have to talk to the man. To the yeah, man. I guess so. I guess so. All right. Anyway, all right, Tom. So the last two episodes, we've been talking about Christian Coalition, how you were groomed basically to be their poster boy. That's right. Um, been kind of exposing what... <laughs> That's right. Been exposing what was really going on behind the scenes yeah, and uh, right. the money, the money grab that was uh, the Seven Hundred Club. So True. we're going to continue that tonight because this is I, this is relevant. Honestly, I know people are like, "Well, wait a minute, what does this have to do with writing the screenplay and all this stuff?" Because it does. It, it ties in. This is kind of what led Tom to writing it, correct, Tom? That's exactly right. Yes, yeah. the whole thing was to be an expose, basically warning, whispering through art, warning people what was actually being planned by a main uh, cog of the cabal. So, yeah, since I was being groomed to be the face of the Christian coalition, I was being privy to what the plans were in the entire operation from Rockefellers to uh, Bank of England, you name it. I was in the club. So, yeah. That's why they stole it, because they didn't want anybody to know about it. So they missed mixed it all up and turned into other movies and confused everybody. That's exactly right. And also you, you just raised there was a specter that uh, Neo was actually the lower echelon head of a CIA department and central is um, the governing body of the one world order in the matrix, original matrix story. And Smith is the real bad agent at the top. One of the top heads coming from the CIA where the one world society forms central so they wanted to cleanse that out because the bad guys were CIA. All your agents come from there originally. Hmm. That's yeah. so shocking and surprising. I would have never guessed that. It really is a shocker now. Back then it would have been like, what? But <laughs> yeah. now it's like, yeah. uh-huh, yeah, no brainer. But I can't wait to actually put the film out though. They're, they're banking that no one wants to see it. Like we said, they're banking that they've already used up the rest of the story quote. Well, then we got them in the courts later. So yeah. It's good. That's going to be fun, too, that whole court scene. That should be made into a movie. Kind of like behind the scenes. You know how they did... Must uh, see? Yes, yes, must yes. see, yes. I think what, it is. What, <laughs> <laughs> what, Tom, what was that... Um, okay, uh, Marlon Brando, Francis Ford Coppola, Apocalypse Now. Yeah. They did... They had his wife, so Francis Ford Coppola's wife, was shooting, mm -hmm. like, I don't know, eight... What do they call that? Eight millimeter or whatever? Behind the scenes, the whole time they were filming that movie. It's really um, kind of cool. It was called mm -hmm. Hearts of Darkness. I, I watched that probably, I don't know, five or six times. Because I always yeah. liked behind the scenes stuff with movies, right? Right, it was yeah. It was really cool. Like, she did a great job. And they had, like, you know, the actors talking on camera, like, off scene or whatever. And, and right. her, like, showing what a debacle it was on the set and how much money they were over and over budget. It was really cool. So maybe... Yeah this could be kind of like that too like we could have like a, i don't know what would we call it though not hearts of darkness hmm. no no I'll have to come up um, with something. yeah true blue pill but it's like one of the important things you just raised too is that if you want the courts to go the right way they need to be accountable and filmed and know they're being watched yes. by the population so they can't pull off all this gamemanship that hollywood and the cabal use in the courts so that'll keep these corrupt judges in line when it comes time, plus the public being educated with all the matchups where they try to say there's no matchups. Plus, as we established in the filing, like we said, I want to say this every time filing, we will have all the um, tribal issues listed in the original filing. So they can't argue motion for summary judgment, which is their go to gameplay after blocking all the evidence. If it's listed in the filing, all these tribal issues, 
motion for summary judgment is off the table because there's one tribal issue. It has to go to trial. So we know how to play their game now. We are educated in the corrupt way they did at first where we had no due process and paid off people in place. So it'll be good. Excellent. That's going to yeah. be a great day. There's so many good days coming. I know we're all yeah. down and it's been kind of like, let's face it. Like it's been kind of crappy. <laughs> let's like the, this whole year already has just been like every day I wake up and I'm like, Oh my gosh, another day. Like the nose against the grindstone, the old saying, right? But it's uh -huh. like, if you can get through one more day, one more day, one more day, right? It's like, you know, you're getting closer to that goal. And I just it's, like, we yeah. all sense it. We all, everybody right here on the screen, and I'm sure people watching right now are feeling the exact same thing. Like something is about to give. The dam's I'm about watching, to blow. Yeah, I'm watching a documentary on Alexander the Great. And you see when the battle, when the, when the um, king starts fleeing, the rest of the troops versus center starts fleeing with him. The rest go like uh, Darius, uh, King Darius of Persia. And it's like, that's what's happening now. They're starting to flee and the ranks are thinning and starting to flee and it's caving in. That's what's going on right now. So I'm already into a celebratory uh, feeling because I'm watching him run, watching him run. So there's a guy named Patriot Kelly who's involved in the convoy and everything like that, along with um, Liberty Report. They're going to do a weekly series too. And they're calling it Running for the Hills because of the topic we're addressing. So it's happening. They're running. Yeah. Excellent. So you're going to be a happy days very soon here, Gino. Yeah, yeah, I I am I can't wait. Like I don't even know like what I'm gonna do. Like we might just retire. You're going to you're gonna join us for game night. <laughs> That's game right. night. Really it's gonna be game night. Game night. I love That's game night. night. That's right. Okay. Game night. All right. Well, what's what's really, on the agenda? That would be the, would be the best game night of my life. Yeah. Having yeah. our whole team. Yeah. Yeah. That's We're gonna do it. We're doing great. it right here at Morpheus's digs you know hang out so we're gonna do it right here he's so he's so good he's not he's not interrupting at all i told him don't he, say a word he, he is you know, don't interrupt. he's being he's really he's just dying there though he looks like he's like, in shock or something i don't know he's just like well, he doesn't know what to do with the little pills he's like i told he's him catatonic yeah I, I told him what the blue pill the blue pill is actually good the red pill is bad and he's like oh my god what did i do you know it's he, like I, he's like he in looks, shock here he yeah. looks, uh, what do they call that? Cryogenically, uh, what's Disney? Walt Disney, they got him frozen. Yeah, he's cryogenically yeah. preserved. Yeah, yeah. kind of like that. Yeah. And probably uh, Marion is also. So that's a nice segue. Marion, Pat, <laughs> Robbie <Gosh>. Boy. <laughs> Marion. Yeah, yeah. My imagine mom being called Marion. No, if my mom and dad named me that, I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm Change not it. happy. What, Marion, <laughs> wasn't that the guy on All in the Family? What was his, no. Who was the uh, the meathead guy? Not meathead. Uh, no, the 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 racist guy, the the old man in the chair, Archie oh, Bunker. Oh, I don't Archie Bunker. Okay, yeah. Wasn't his name Marion or something? There was one other Marion. Maybe it's his wife. Maybe his wife's name then. <laughs> Maybe. I don't but know yeah, it's name. like I never. I don't know any other guys named Marion. No. But, Our next, yeah, my yeah. mom's next door neighbor growing up. She uh, actually she just passed away, but her name was Marion. That was the only other oh. Marion I knew. There you go. What was John Wayne's name? John Wayne had an interesting yeah, name. Yeah, he had like like Wayne. Bonnie. No, not Bonnie. <laughs> I don't know. It was something something Thanks. like that. Though. Trixie, Maybe. I think it was. Trixie, Trixie Wayne. Yeah, Trixie. there you go. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. That's brutal. But you can't <laughs> make fun answer. of John Wayne because he was a tough guy. No, John Wayne, he rocked it. I mean, yeah. my God. Yeah. It was great. Yeah, yeah. that was great. Anyway, All yeah, right. so back to Marion. Yeah, Take let's it. get to Marion. So we got Pat Robertson, a.k.a. Marion. You want to play the first video, Tom, and then just kind of go through it? Let's let's do a preamble. Okay. If you want. So like I'm suggesting a preamble where it's like 
can you believe or would can you imagine anyone claiming that if you give to their ministry god's going to bless you completely if you give to any other ministry he'll cut your finances in half that's the first question gina tom that's biblical that's in uh, hezekiah 3 3 11 yes yeah i think it's also marion 5 uh verse 8 through 14 yeah Very so good. yeah but yeah <laughs> it's, it's a lost book lost book yeah the that i am book. the first red yeah. flag right there isn't that if something that comes out like that should be like no i should not ever donate to this organization thank you sylvia and then the next question uh if your demographic is working on they said 40 year old women to get people to donate to get men to donate to you um and you stick it so blatantly into what you're about to see um would that be considered obvious or people just let it slide because i'm thinking about the mentality of people watching these kind of things like hitler during world war ii I often go to that because it's like robertson used a lot of guys that were part of the nazi youth hitler youth it's like you, the people kept excusing or making excuses there during robertson's reign they say well he does some good and so when you watch this clip, imagine it hitting you in the face of like, but then being one of them going like, well, I'll let it slide. Nothing, nothing really big here. He does some good. So you're going to see about three huge bangers on this one, at least, where it's like, what the heck? Now, remember I said about Sound of Freedom, how they have the very clean look all the time where I can never get into anything they do because it's that CBN filming style. You're going to see the Sound of Freedom style that came right from CBN to those guys at Angel Studios, where you're going to see it overly done, overly clean, overly sterile. It's just like Hitler's artwork, where they said it was very sterile, where they didn't have people in it. It was Everything was very clean and too clean, like a sterile world, right? Okay, so that's another thing. Also, um, I talked about the drummer boy. Right, the drummer guy who does the fanfare. Now, in the one clip you're going to see, uh, it's funny because Robertson's lost his thought process like a Biden, and he's just going nuts. He's trying to create a story on what this one donation that apparently didn't exist. And the guy on the drums, is, the fanfare is going and going and going as Robertson can't find his words. And then they finally show the guy exasperated, banging the drums and stuff. So you'll see that too. But Okay, I think that's enough. Look for that part where um, uh, the audacity to actually try to say that if you give to any other ministry, God's going to stop blessing you, right? And watch the woman take over and watch the woman's expression on how proud she feels to be the one saying you have to give back to Robbie, to Mary. Okay, I have two Roll videos, it. so I don't, hopefully this is the one you were just. It'll be the long one, and then watch Robertson's oh. reaction after the commercial goes. I want you to see what he yeah. says. And okay, so okay, so that's this one. Okay, good. I had the right okay, one. Fire away. Okay. Enjoy yourselves. Get some popcorn and a vomit <laughs> bag. Here we go. <laughs> 131 members. Folks, we need just about 60 more, 69 more, and we'll be up to 1,500, a great point of victory on our uh, thousand club. And listen, I want to take you now to, one, to Montgomery, Alabama, a dentist there uh, who has been very successful, and then something began to happen. Here is the amazing story of Ed Ernest. 
Ed and Cynthia Ernest of Montgomery, Alabama became 700 Club members in 1985. Ed is a dentist and has a particular interest in chronic head and neck pains. His research has led him to the discovery of seven previously undocumented conditions. As God has blessed their business, the Ernests increased their CBN pledge and became 2,500 Club members. One day, Ed made a decision that God used to challenge his obedience in giving. I made a decision to switch my funds of contribution from 700 Club to another ministry. And for the next uh, 10 or 11 months through 1986, my gross income dropped 50%. Uh, early in that summer, uh, someone during a time of prayer spoke to me and said that they felt the Lord had a word for me and they gave it. And as the Lord says, I've given you wisdom concerning finances and you're not using the wisdom I gave you. And then the Lord also spoke through my wife and says, Honey, you're supposed to be giving to the 700 Club and you're not doing it. Well, around November of 86, the pressures of finances not being right uh, gradually caused me to come to my senses, and I realized I made a drastic mistake not giving to the 700 Club regularly. So the Ernests recommitted their pledge to the 2500 Club, and then something amazing happened. And within 45 days, my income doubled again to where it was before I made that uh, uh, regretful error. As they've continued to support CBN, Ed and Cynthia have been blessed by the way CBN has ministered to them. And there have been many days over the, the past eight years, just through life circumstances, that I needed to be encouraged. And there's the 700 Club every day. And I knew I could turn it on 9 o'clock every morning and there would be Pat or someone ministering to me. The Ernest encourage others to support CBN, not just because of the values it's taught them as a family, but because it's given them an opportunity to be part of a ministry. When I see CBN, I see what Jesus did. He fed people, he clothed people, he healed the sick. He set people free that were in bondage and in captivity emotionally, mentally. CBN does all of those things. Jesus said, when you give a drink of water to the least of these, you've done it to me. So. I feel like we're hand-in-hand hand with Jesus through the ministry. I would encourage uh, anyone to support CBN if they have a desire to be involved in the kingdom of God. And the reason why is that Jesus taught in Scripture to be careful where we put our seed. And I know from personal experience in my finances that when I quit giving the CBN, it drastically affected my gross income. And when I repented and started obeying the Lord again, God demonstrated His pleasure and his anointing and calling of CBN by changing my finances uh, mm. to the better by obedience. CBN's called of God to do what they're doing and God calls people to support and be a part of it. Well that is somebody who knows the principles of the kingdom of Really? Good. Oh God, there you go. It reminds me of the Flan Flanders family on The Simpsons. <laughs> Yeah, exactly, exactly. I, I actually got nauseous watching it even again. So I'm like, I get sick in my stomach. It's unbelievable. And that Frisbee game looked like so much oh, fun. Oh, man, so much yeah, fun. That was what like, are they? here, toss it here, Dad. It looked like right COVID. Next. They were they were about six feet apart. <laughs> I know. And, and you see the clean lighting I'm talking about? Sterile yes, sets. Yes. That's, that's what Angel Studio is doing. You save on budget. You do stark lighting, nothing creative, and just make it very, very um, empty. Soulless, yes. basically. So yeah. Anyway. But anyway, so you see what I'm talking about, and Robinson's reaction. Well, I I gotta say, like, um, I mean, I'm, I'm impressed that what was the family's name? The Ernst, I don't know, whatever they were. Ernest, 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 Ed, yeah, Ed and Judy Ernest or something. Yeah. <laughs> Ernest. 
Good for them. Yeah. I mean, their income went back up. It doubled because they went back to the 700 and, Club. That's just And amazing. not giving to any other any other ministry. Any other ministry. No other ministry, yes. Yeah, if they gave to you, God help us, Gina. They would be like yeah, dropping they'd be 50%. They'd be homeless. But, yeah. Now, did you see how the uh, Jezebel woman who's like, you know, had wrote the check and she's so proud and she's like, yeah, anyway, we, yeah, that kind of, <clears throat> that's well, CBN. Right you know what's really good now, Tom? She doesn't have to write checks. She can just sell the money or cash app it right to Pat. Right, yeah, right, there you at, go. right at his cryogenic cell and yeah. next to Disney. There you go. There you go. Like, and also, yeah, perfect. and that goes along with that law of reciprocity where mm -hmm. the more they give, God's required to give it back tenfold over pressing. Yeah, overflowing. So, yeah. yeah, press down, shaking together, yeah, running yeah, over. Yeah, there you go. There you yeah. go. Yeah. Now, we talked about the Ezra 7, 17, 18, right? We talked about that they can do whatever they want with the money with the 18 tagged on, right? So Robertson came up with all these other platforms to make a ton of money. Since it's tax exempt, he tucked it under the 700 Club. And so that came to his horse stables, to everything from the conference center. Now, the conference center, they said, would be for uh, Vietnam vets. No, it turned into a four-star hotel with white and black swans because Didi likes swans. And it was all about making money as a hotel and dinner theater, see? So, but it was touted to give the money to them under the Ezra 7, 17, 18 donation slips as a conference center for veterans to heal. That's like Danny and Sylvia going, we're going to help the foster children give to us. And they they build a playground for themselves, like a, a um, Jim and Tammy Faye Baker uh, team park. So, yeah. But yeah. if you play the next clip, you'll see what I'm talking about. We'll see another one of his ventures, and let's dissect that. Is that cool? Sounds good. Mm -hmm. And... Uh... Uh, I can't, uh, it's from Nevada, the but I'm fair. not Listen sure what the name of Nevada. This place, this one is $700 a month from Nevada, and Nevada. Norfolk, 417 that is two more, a uh, founder club, that's 105 There he is. He's like, what the hell? Everything counts against <laughs> our total. Now, uh, we have, for all of our partners, not only certificates, not only pins and, and uh, appreciation and our love, but love. we started a travel agency because we have uh, many guests that come in, and so we thought we could accommodate them. So we asked our travel agency to see what they could get for the members of the 700 Club and for our partners. And here's what they discovered, that the uh, Hilton Hotel chain, the Sheridan Hotel chain, the Marriott, the... De okay, so... Uh, what they did there was they used tax exemption to form a travel agency, right? And they can make money off that. But then they tout it as if the reason we formed this travel agency is because of the guests that come to visit us. That's like you saying, Gino, that you're going to form a travel agency because to meet the needs of Rescue the Fosters. But that's not going to meet the needs of Rescue the Fosters, right? And then you're also going to be using it for... Um, uh, uh, PR purposes to get fundraising by saying that, look, you'll benefit with a 10% if you give to us. But this this thing right here, the travel agency, that's just to help our guests that come on our show. You don't need a travel agency for your guests on your show. You know, you can pretty much pick them up at the airport. So yeah. Anyway, see what I'm saying? So well, that's- Tom, where... we, we kind of do that for you. We roll out the red carpet and- Yeah, well, I thought- best, yeah, I... best digs in the world uh, i mean i thought you should live in the highlight at rescue the yeah, get, 
get an airport, Gino, get an airport so I can fly in a Learjet yes. and everything. And you can tell the people, you know, if they're donating that um, it's helping you get your guests to your show. So well, you'll be just... happy to know, Tom, that I'm close friends with Kenneth Copeland. So he's got oh, a bunch gosh. of plans. He's willing. He's willing. <laughs> Good. Yeah. He's That's willing good. to send one over for us yeah, here at the ministry. Well, I think Joel Olstein, he has a pristine place that's huge right near nearby here. I saw it. And uh, during the flood, like we said, they, he wouldn't let anybody in. So it's still clean for us. It's still clean for us to use. And there's that, there's that little issue of finding $700,000 cash in the bathroom. I don't, it was in a wall. Do you remember that? Yeah, there you go. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so, Some yeah. plumber was working there. in the men's room and they found seven hundred grand stuff in the walls. Wow. Wow. That's well, you know if you how go much, and, yeah. Do you know how much his what's his in it? I forgot the ministry, Olstein, what's it called? Lakewood, Joel? Lakewood Church. Okay, yeah you, yeah. you know what they make in a weekend? This is the last I heard. Like 150,000? I don't know what. Oh, you're not even close. It's like what? eight million dollars on Saturday. What? And then, yeah, I'm not joking. Yeah, it's like I don't, they make like twenty million a weekend or something like that. It's okay, insane. let's go back to let's go back to the dinner with Didi and Robertson back in Manhattan when he's failing as a rock star. You know, he's trying to be like the main scene guy, and the pastor comes and he tells him he's like, you know, yeah, I got the great car, I got the great dinner, and what you know, basically Robertson's reaction is like, you know, oh my god. So yeah, that's why he gets in the ministry. That's why he becomes a TV evangelist because of that that very factor. Why are these guys? still tax exempt yes. they're totally political they're totally involved in lobbying and everything else and messing up the world so this ta first thing that needs to go is tax exemption needs to go Absolutely. did you ever see them actually behind the scenes actually doing anything that resembled christianity no in fact behind the scenes it is dirty down it is like uh, sexual pool parties. It's like the um, thing where the guys in the newsroom, I actually saw it. I was at the newsroom because I was doing the album review, national album review. They gave me this new site position as an anchor. And um, uh, I saw the guys all zooming in on girls' uh, crotches and butts at the beach while intermittently while they were filming a segment. So in the middle of the segment of a beach uh, topic, they're filming in on girls there, young girls on their um, bikini bottoms and everything else. And, and that's, that's who they are, you know, and they feel that if the world doesn't see it, it's okay. If they don't see and don't know, it's okay. So it is a lust on steroids environment where women have no rights whatsoever. They are considered bound and controlled, owned by the male, according to the scripture lifted out of context, that the woman's to be um, submissive to her husband, right? And that's, that the head is usually, if the head's corrupt, that filters down because you're often asked questions if you'll be able to go along with these ideas and keep quiet in the interview process, you know? So it's like, there's no way I could have been part of that world. As a result, many women came to me. Um, they saw me as like, if you're in a terrible situation, a horrible situation, like a horror film environment, you're going to run to somebody you feel is good. So I kept having women come my way running as if they're running for help running for, you know, that kind of thing. If you look at the uh, handbook at CBM, you're not allowed to contact anybody except CBM security, even if there's uh, poisoning, murder, death, rape. You do not go to outside authorities. You contact CBM security so they can keep everything down.
So we'd have ambulances, you know, suicides, ambulance quietly comes in and out. That's in the handbook. I think I can, I'll dig that up and show you next time. If you'd like to keep going, I'll show you that. And then um, there's some other footage I want to show you too. That's pretty wild. You were talking about the bathroom too, right? With the $700 in the wall. Uh, if you went to Jim and Tammy's bathroom back in the day, they had gold plated uh, faucets and toilet pictures. That's necessary so, at, at any ministry right. for sure. Right. That now when they fell, kids in Africa. Yeah, kind of, Get a drink. Of water. Oh, exactly. Yeah. When when they fell from power, Pat Robertson trashed them as living, quote, in a religious Oz. Right. He uses local paper to say that. But they started with Pat Robertson. Jim and Tammy Baker mm -hmm. came to Pat Robertson and started with a puppet yeah. show. And then they kept debating on what else did you do to raise money? And it was Jim Baker that was actually giving Robertson ideas. And so CBN had the same Robertson had the same stuff going on that Jim and Tammy had. That's why the travel agency, horse stables, um, five-star, four-star hotel with the swans in the back. It's like some despot and his wife and family, like a dynasty, getting away with whatever they want. You know, it's like the Shah of Iran. So, yeah, it's it's pretty amazing what they were able to get get away with. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway. Ladies, what do, you, what do you think about the 700 Club? Do you want to make a donation right now? We can call them. We can go online. <laughs> I think, I think they sound should... like their foster system. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there is, you're right, so much. There's trafficking going on through CBN. Religious Right and Disney have a trafficking program of kids. And um, there's actually a tunnel system with uh, Robertson's organization and Disney. So wow. you're spot on, Sylvia. And it's, very, it's a very sad thing, but that's what's going on. And like I said, the perpetrators in my situation were given that free paid trip to uh, Disney World. Uh, as a celebration of our stuff being thrown and everything being taken. So mm -hmm. their their way is they have things in place that nothing goes outside and you're supposed to listen to them as God's authority on earth for you. And then they take, you're destroyed. Anybody who's um, a victim of their uh, predators and their sexual assault system um, is automatically grilled, accused, uh, brought in for questioning, They'll promise you they'll deal with it. They're not. They're just gathering information. And then everything's ended and you're told not to tell anybody, even death threats. So that's exactly how they work. And that's how Disney works also. So they're they're kin. And keep in mind that Robertson's organization had like Ned and Judy Nankovich, right? The one adjunct professor and the model agency person. Um, where the letters from them, from Disney and also Universal Studios letterheads where they were saying they got hired in the story development departments at Disney and Universal. So my work was channeled right through there by them asking me to give it to them because they wanted to help me, they said. After what Robertson had done, they were working for Robertson to make sure the materials got to uh, Michael Eisner. And that's exactly when uh, Mike Lang gets in place with Harvey Weinstein. And then you need to tie that knot with the idea of the honeypot wife that was provided me, went back to Mike Lang on my birthday, leaving Aiden, on my birthday and we have the emails of move in for 60 days and I can show you that. And what's interesting is why 60 days at the mistress pad? And it's in history. You know why you're gonna have the 60 days of the mistress pad? That's enough to get her pregnant. She wanted to get pregnant. So it was really wild. So it's like, it, it, it's supposed to be the ultimate thing to destroy you. Now, Alexander the Great actually impregnated Dar King Darius of Persia, his wife. He made her pregnant. It was the ultimate slam in the face mm -hmm. for the other person you were competing with. So it's still so cavemen where you take the wife. And so since they had planted that wife, they called her in to the mistress pad 
at that very time. And it's interesting that the lady who did the, um, the director of um, Alter Carbon, Virgil Silver, the Greek woman who failed at USC, exactly where Sophia Stewart came from, University of Southern California, um, uh, she did a sh uh, film under Joel Silver called The Loft. And uh, it was about, it was all about the mistress pad that Mike Lang had and how women were being taken there. See how they just tie it all together. They all tie it together and have to put it in plain sight. And I do have a recording of Mike Lang of Disney with Becca, the honeypot wife, with him after she didn't show up and we found all the emails using the F-bombs and everything else on me on tape as he walks to show this, they take the call in front of her. And what's interesting is she's not supposed to be heard, right? He doesn't want that being known. And, but she loses it and starts saying, he doesn't mean that, he doesn't mean the F-bomb. She's talking, calling me talking with Mike Lang there. Dumb move. Now we have you on tape with Mike Lang at Disney under Michael Eisner with, uh, you know, uh, whatever his name was. And uh, Becca, the honeypot wife. So it's like with all the emails and everything else, it's going to be a great documentary. It's going to be really powerful to hear him talking, Mike Lang, who they tried to make disappear. If you look his name up, yeah. It's it's amazing what we got. I mean, just capsulize and narrow it down. Just think of that one aspect that they provided a wife with a criminal record was an ex-con. And they, the attorney that's going to throw our case is her landlord on Maui. And they have her introduced that way and uh, to us to throw our case at the right time at statute of limitations. And it's Mike Lang and Disney that are orchestrating everything um, to have this happen. And then he calls her back on my birthday for impact. And Aiden loses his mom. And she's there for, you know, the move in for 60 days at this most expensive place in Spokane, Washington. It's huge. It's huge. So, yeah. How are you, Tom? It's so like huge. Like you're talking. Like how do you it's even huge. put it together? Like to present this thing. A writer. I mean, a, a, like a documentary. Yeah. I see. Like that's. I I yeah. can totally see you doing that, putting that, piecing it together, and making it make sense and all that. Mm -hmm. But like in a court of law, like presenting the case and just saying like this is what we have. I mean that's like two weeks worth it, of like going through it, information. And you go two documents. weeks, then you do it, Gino. Yeah. You do it, but yeah. first you educate the public. You make the documentary, you lay it all out, you lay out the points like gold nuggets, you announce what's going on, like what you, Danny was doing too. You you have it video accessed, all court proceedings are able to be seen, you insist on it. So there's transparency and no monkeying around. And that way the judge is accountable and that is checkmate. Disney calls it the chess game. They said we won the chess game because they know that we have every all the pieces now to win this. So- I have a question. Go ahead. Um, um, how hard would it be to make a documentary on Danny's case if we have all the court transcripts and all the recordings and, and including all the recordings from the caseworkers? Like, could we throw something together? I think we're fast? all connected. I think this is all to bring this all forward. And we have been brought together to do these cases. So I think it's... The Hollywood talks about the real life story, right? The real life story. So this is a combined real life story. How do we meet? How do we all coordinate? How does this happen? What these are the biggest stories ever, according to Hollywood. And even Trump's camp has been following both our stories in such a big way. 
And that's why Roseanne's calls and then her calling just or contacting just recently saying that she follows everything we've done. In fact, we have the Trump camp saying they follow everything we're doing. So what is going on is the world's almost like the Truman Show. They're watching the Truman Show and they're expecting. And that's why I have Truman Show as the email, because it was the Hollywood that said you should use the Truman Show. We put you in the Truman Show. So they're <laughs> wanting to see the ending. They're wanting to see the ending of our stories like Danny and I both. And we're all this team. They want to see what happens. It's almost like they feel godlike, the other side, in putting pieces on a board, and then they get to make the show. It makes them feel powerful. Yet it's actually God that's orchestrating all this. What's the theme of the immortals? Man tries to outwit God. God outwits man. Right now, man has positioned us in Jezebel's into what they think is their own controlled arena. They don't control it at all. They're doing the immortal story and Danny explains it the best. So it's like, they're doing exactly what God wants. And then in the end, it'll be ending God intended, not them. Well, so. right, because God already, God already knows. He already knows what right. you're gonna do. And right. he already knows the end. So basically, you're actually setting yourself up because God is going to say, I gave you a choice, and this is the choice that you chose. And that's look, right. And, and that's how they end up like turning on themselves because they're they're doing it. Every mm -hmm. time you see someone that comes at us and tries to like do mm -hmm. something corrupt, um, they out themselves. It's it's so funny. That's going to happen more and more now. Now is the time of victories. So now it's no longer the hidden process where it looked like everything was going against us. Like Gina was saying, you know, it felt like, you know, dark times. We went through that. We went through that fire faithfully. Now we're going to see victory after victory after victory. And that's why the other side knows that whether it's they sense it or just have inside tracks and knowledge, they're running. And so what's going on now is you're going to see, um, like, I just had a friend call me and the views went from a couple thousand down to 23 views again on YouTube. They reduced the views. So they're running out of ploys to play, right? And um, there was a thing on my phone just recently when I was talking to Danny, where I was like, they did this money sign and they did an XO. Oh, and they yeah. did a, you know, you remember that? And it's like really wild. So they're sending messages like they're rooting for us. Oh, so what you're going to see now is just victory after victory. They know we got them. They know we didn't cave. They thought, according to their playbook, they could break us and destroy us, take away our kids, literally, and destroy us. We won't cave. Instead, we find people that are good to work with, things like that, you guys all, and they, we get the knowledge. God leads us on what to do. It's all about the timing. And the other side is helpless. They suddenly realize they are not godlike. They're helpless. And in the screenplay itself, we win the case. The Oracle wins his case is the backstory. It's a backstory, the architect mentions. And that's happening. We're going to do it. And also um, in the screenplay, you have defection where all these agents defect. Now, they just didn't want to hit that too heavy in the Matrix version, the ripoff version, but they do have it where the agent comes down and gives a gift for Neo. And it doesn't make any sense. It's just out of context. It doesn't make any sense through the steel door with a slit. And it's like, why is this happening? Why aren't we following up with that? Well, in the original story, Neo's best friend is a former agent, reconstituted, put into power again to take him down. That's how he gets to the Cortex building on the post. Also, the Oracle does send the information and chip to underground. So that's there also. But you have this affection where... People are leaving and coming to their side. Now, they didn't want to show that too much. That's why they just had the agent thing. 
but it's fun to dissect that and see what actually lifted and how they lifted and how they tried to cleanse it as they're lifting it to get credit for it because they don't want to give too much away to have the power of what God had in the original script and what's being prophesied there. So that's what's really cool is now it's all going to come back. They are so afraid of the real life story being done and the real story being done and understood what was intended before. All they did was feed the appetites of people and raise more questions for them that they'd want to see what it originally meant, right? That's all they've done. That's why you have Sophia Stewart calling and going, no one's going to see it. See it. I'm like, really? Do I even need to respond to that? You know, love it or hate it, people are going to want to know what it means because you guys did such a bad butt job on trying to display it by ripping everything off and taking it all out of context and not giving answers to audiences and then telling audiences they should figure it out for themselves. Well, the original author and the team is going to tell you what it means. And Danny has a gift for explaining it where I can't. And I think God intended that. God intended that it's not supposed to be one person getting the focus. And so Danny's all through it. And so when Danny explains it, I get to be excited and go like, yes, that's what it means. That's what God intended. Yes, there it is. Because I'm not supposed to be able to really articulate that. I was given like a scribe. What I was given, it's coming true. The other side knows it, sees it as prophecy, they say, in documentary style. But I was not the one selected to explain it, right? Yeah, it's yeah. kind of weird because I feel like, okay, so I yeah. explained this the other day where, you know how God will allow the enemy to go a certain length and and expose themselves they'll, like they'll god will give the people the opportunity to make it look like they're winning mm -hmm. and so but then god will come in at the end and do something so much bigger that you can't even describe well that's basically what i see happening and so tom had prophetic uh gifts and he had things come to him God gave him the information. He put it in the script. These people thought they were going to be smart and take these prophecies and turn them into movies. And none of it makes sense because it's not the actual prophecy because they mixed it all up and twisted things. Well, all while they're doing that, Tom is actually exposing it, which becomes the greater version of his actual prophecy that we're all now in living for the whole entire world to witness. So God is actually making it so much bigger than the actual small little Hollywood movie. Like everybody says that the matrix is one of the biggest movies ever, mm -hmm. but comparatively to the actual real life prophecy being lived out by all of us right now, like it. It, this is all actually in the screenplay. Mm -hmm. We're living it. And so God's actually allowing us to like sh show the whole world through the podcast and through every single day life and all the court cases and everything that's happening, exactly what the screenplay was originally intended to be anyways. Exactly. So and that, God still wins. That's right. So the glory goes to God because it's not supposed to go to me. And so with Danny doing her part, the glory doesn't go to me. It goes to God. And then all of us involved in this, it's like, yes, our, both our stories will come forward and it's supposed to be one big story. So it's like, you know, and then God said, I'd be hidden away and stuff. And I was just to be obedient, faithful and speak when he gave me the words. And so now I'm blown away often by what's surfacing from the screenplay. No wonder they don't want it revealed. And keep in mind, the Wachowskis, like I said, the Wachowskis said on set that they were going to keep the same ending. Keep the same ending of what? The screenplay, right? It's been said that it was used on set by the by choreographer. Everybody else saw it. FBI saw it. So it was used on set. 
And they, everyone else they said was saying, blow up the matrix. They did not want to keep the same ending. They shouldn't have kept the same ending. If you're stealing it, don't keep the same ending. That's just a red thumbprint. You know, when you got all the sequences exactly the same with the little girl at the train station, little girl pointing the sun, hugging the, the party um, after the earth turns green from identical figures facing off, the one goes in the crater. So the Wachowskis kept the exact same ending of the copyrighted work preceding the date when they shoot it. And by doing that, God has outwitted them because their greed caused them to use the exact same ending, arguing with everybody else on set, producers, um, even like probably Coffee Girl. Everybody, they said, was saying, blow it up. They didn't. And that serves God. I mean, think of it, Gino. Can you get around that? The copyrighted work preceding the shooting of it? You know, never mind Tom Hanks and Wendy Washington on the copyright for 1998 of Mortals. It's like, but the thing is, the it's copyrighted preceding their work. It's we have the complete admission trail, submission trail with a certified letter, tracking number, receipt, everything from the attorneys, and from character breakdown to the music to everything, right? And so, how are they going to get around now that they use the exact same ending? Only one matchup's needed to prove it in court in a fair venue, right? You win. And the public's going to be educated on that and see that. But it's not just one matchup. It's the whole sequence of the ending scenes with all the matchups, which come out to be about, you know, maybe 40 all in the ending of iconic things. Yeah, what, what are the odds? Like, I mean, that's a, they're yeah. stacked so high. It's ridiculous. So God outwits man. God outwits you know man. Great. You know what's yeah. interesting though, Tom? Like if you look at, if you look at the Bible and you look at prophecy, right? Prophecy mm -hmm. is very mysterious. Let's face it. Prophecy right. can be multifaceted. It could be like one event, but then it could be another event a thousand years later. And it could be mm -hmm. a series of events and then sure. leading up to, a, you know, like some cataclysmic thing or whatever. But it's interesting, like if, if your script is prophetic and we do believe it is and mm -hmm. divinely inspired for this time, right. of course the enemy is going to try to sabotage that script. Right. He's right. going to he's going to try to chop that thing up. And if he knows it's prophetic and he would, then he would he would try to interrupt it. Just like when, you know, the, all the prophecies about the Messiah coming. I mean, there's like I think I forgot how many prophecies, a ton, <clears throat> maybe 700 prophecies about the Messiah. Mm -hmm. And the enemy knew some of them, but he didn't know all of them. And so what did he do when Jesus was born, when when Herod found out that there was a baby and they were calling him king of Israel, king of the mm -hmm. Jews? He kills all of them within what two years old or whatever it was, right? Or what right. one year? I think, I think it was two years. Right. So he was trying to thwart the plans of God, and I see the right. same thing like going on with this. Like they're of course they're going to try to like chop this thing up and and do this, and but they're going to make mistakes along the way. Exactly. Because they're not like all killing. knowing. You're absolutely right. They killed my sons. They said I was being destroyed. They said that I would be killed. And then suddenly I had this. Um, they reassessed and thought that I had this value. Then they thought they could buy me off and have me absorbed and cleanse their part out. But I was supposed to be like flint of the forehead. I was supposed to be no way to teach them that God would say no through me. And it was hard. It was hard to set myself that, especially with loved ones, that I had to be unmovable, unmovable to any degree. And then he would send the right people and the right person in my life where um, she'd be able to speak. And, and people would hear that, that we for God's glory, God's glory. I was not to do it. So, and if that person didn't appear, 
I would, it would never be known. What they said in Hollywood is that, and it's funny because I saw this later, uh, they drew this actually from history, but they said that I was the most, how'd they put it? I was the most famous person you'd never know, is what they said. And it was a mocking statement. So it meant you would never know. But according to their circles, I was known all through it. They all would say, yeah, he's the one that did it. So I was revered within the cabal, but I was to be sacrificed. So, and never known by the public. Public would never know Tom Althaus, but the cabal would know it very well. And it was very eerie because there was supposed to be like, sort of almost like a reverence within the cabal, you know? So it was like, no, thank you. I don't, I, I, I'll, I'll, I'd rather deny the honor. I don't want it. You know, I'd rather do the right thing. So, you How know, it's something, it? yeah. Yeah, that they ahead. can't come up with their own stuff. They got to steal everybody else's. Well, they're so <laughs> focused on their own lust, their own desires, yeah, their own feeling of power. And there's no, there's no room for creativity. If I was that way, I wouldn't be able to create. If I was that way, I couldn't be genuine with the person I care about. You right? lose your abilities when you go a selfish route. God right. takes it from you. So That's right. And you never really have a full relationship. How can we be like uh like man and woman the way god designed it which i believe he designed it that way how can we have that balance and relationship if we're not genuine right you'll never be it'll never be fulfilling if you're always and and sooner or later everything comes out anyway so it's like i think that god's allowing us that period of peace he promised 70 years of peace if we if this came through and that's like we said i think we established that's how this all started me saying father can we can we prove ourselves to you can we have an alternate uh, period where we prove ourselves as your children to be faithful? Because I didn't like what I was hearing in Christian circles where it's just, you know, it's all just done. There's no way around it. This way. I'm like, so I asked God, can, can we prove ourselves as your children to come through? Can we have a chance in this time? And, and the answer apparently was yes, because the screenplay then came. And I was prepared ahead of time that it had to be total humility, um, faithfulness, not changing anything, not putting myself in there, which I believe the way the Bible was intended to be, and not to um, give glory to myself. It had to be completely God's glory. And there was a series of testing and things like that that trained me, you know, do you have actual compassion? And I went through this amazing experience where I actually had compassion. Then I was told by this world that I had too much compassion. Is that possible? Is, is that a, is that a thing? That's what they told me in foster care. I bet that I that I cared too much. Cared too much, um, and I had um, too much empathy. But they also said that to the foster parents that were good, they would tell her too that um, she had too much like nurture mm -hmm. and care. Like I didn't know there was such a thing as too much. Isn't that the world we're supposed to have? They hijacked that world and changed the timeline. We actually fit in the world that's supposed to be. That is exactly, Sylvia, why I felt I was supposed to write the screenplay. To recondition people's thinking that we would fit in the world again. That we who have compassion and empathy would fit in that world. Now, everybody is touched by that concept. Everybody is seated with it. And with the Wachowskis putting the exact same ending in, visually, that's being fed. Even though they don't believe it. Talk about God outwitting man. They are the ones that put it in, right? Why everybody's saying, don't, 
So what it was, exactly what you said, was intended to create a world where we who have extreme empathy fit. Because I was told I didn't belong in this world. So as a writer, and and look what's happened. Everybody is affected by it. We, the seeds are planted by God for his glory to have a world where empathy does fit, where it's not odd to have extreme compassion, where children aren't being told that they shouldn't have that. Because you know the foster services are doing that, telling them they need to be selfish and need to be uh, taking care of themselves foremost and killing uh, that beautiful thing that's in these children of goodness, right? And start trying to kill it. They want you know? transhumans. Right. They want us to be an army of soulless beings that are all about power. And that way they feel good about themselves. They believe that if we all are that way, they have no sins to account for, to atone for because everybody is that way. No, I refuse to be that way. And here I am with an amazing team where um, everything's being completed. And with the stories going forward right now, I'm seeing more and more momentum for these to come forward. Danny's story, my story, which we're trying to be faithful to God with you guys in this most amazing group. It's going to happen. And look at Morpheus behind me holding out the pills. Even <laughs> that was skewed. That was skewed, wasn't it? It wasn't he's, the red pill, blue pill. Yeah, it was like still, more. Tom, he yeah. still hasn't even flinched. He's just been there, like like we said, catatonic. He, he gets an extra twenty. He's so well behaved. Yeah. So yeah, well he gets an extra twenty. He gets an extra twenty. So you know, yeah. Tom, back back to the children. Like loss of innocence is what I think they've intentionally tried to instill in these children. Like right. because let's face it, kids are so like innocent. Like I mean, they're they're so like flawless right. and faultless like yeah they they act up and do things that kids are supposed to but like they're just very naive they're green to the world they don't understand how it operates yet right all this this naivety and it's sad that they try to turn them into adults for their own sick fetishes for right. one, one right. reason right exactly um that, and, yeah. and just kill that innocence that's naturally in a in a child from god like that's, well, that's a question that I have for the girls. Sick. The question for the girls is, since you're working so closely with these children, with this beautiful organization you're all doing to help them and save them, do you ever get the glimpse into the child, even those that have been maturing, getting a glimpse back at that innocence again, even though they've been you know, rammed through as like fodder through the system? Do you ever get that look in their eyes or it makes me cry of um, the innocence still there? Oh, yeah. Actually, yeah. KK is a good example because she, like, yes. for her to grow up in a group home, mm -hmm. she is so, like, naive and still innocent and still cannot believe that people yeah. are so evil. And for me, yeah. it's, for me, it's kind of shocking that she is that way because mm -hmm. if you, if you've ever, I mean, if anybody knows about a group home, like, you mm -hmm. literally are in survival mode 24-7 right. because right. you're afraid to go to sleep because you're afraid that um, the staff is not going to be awake or nearby right. when right. somebody attacks you. Like, right, you know, like squid games. To, yeah, it's, yeah, it's like like the prison mentality. Right. Um, so, and I just remember like even in the group home, like I was constantly having to remind her, like don't leave your money in your room because she would just trust people mm -hmm. and it get stolen then mm -hmm. you know every single time and i i think that happened like three times with her sure. you know what i mean but she still has that innocent and then right. like 
um, the case I have in California, Ruby, she grew up in the foster system mm-hmm. and she still it like has this innocence about her and still cannot believe the evil that these people in court are doing. So right. there is still an innocence that I think they cannot take away. Right. And mm-hmm. I think that bothers them the most. Um, right. Like you're being disobedient to them, not conforming to their um, uh, evil darkness. And it's like, I I see that too. Yeah. Angry or like, because if you look at KK, she's a really happy person. She's not, she's not angry. She's Mm -hmm. not pissed off. She's not, Mm -hmm. she don't have any hatred to the way she was raised, Mm -hmm. anything like that. And that's what they want. And they want that because what does all of those things cause our body? If you have hatred, if you mm-hmm. have anger, mm-hmm. um, anything like that in your in you against somebody, just like they're putting it on Trump for people to hate him, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. hatred causes stress on your body. Mm-hmm. And stress mm-hmm. literally destroys your body. That's right. It's like people are harming themselves by hating others. Yeah. And I noticed too, like growing up, I, I saw a lot of people like myself where I would make them think I'm going along with them, you know, pretend to survive or use humor to survive humor. And that becomes your shield. If I can make them laugh, they won't beat me. You know? So it's like, it's amazing that we've had such a dark ages for so long, as far as um, children having a place that's safe in the world, we've had the dark ages will be looked upon as the dark ages. And I think with what we're going to be doing with the films and documentaries and things, um, well, you, you're a wonderful organization, you guys. And it's like, I think you're bringing a renaissance, an age of light. And I think God is guiding us on the whole way to do it. So I'm I'm being told that, you know, the programs, your programs are being watched by top people. Denny, I know, has been hearing that also. And it's like, they're watching. And we know the numbers are manipulated often, but everything we do is being watched carefully. And there seems to be a fascination with, um, not turning dark like these kids, like you said, Sylvia, retaining their innocence. We're not, we weren't, we're not tainted. We're not turning dark. We're not turning dark. We're still loving life, loving each other, lifting God, loving the children. We can't, they're learning that Disney's learning this too. I had a conversation with them not too long ago that it's, it's easier to be good and compassionate and strong with that than it is to do evil. You have to work harder to be evil. You have to work harder at it to do dark. So in my experience with the youth and anyone really that has been through horrible things, um, what I have found is that I can find the innocence within them more than anyone else because they're seeking love so much that at any hint of nurturing and love, they immediately break down the walls. Some some might take more than others, but the troubled youth are the ones that have more innocence than anybody else. That makes sense. And that's what I've been getting yeah. too, is that by doing the films we're talking about, by doing these things we're talking about, where we put the director chair on Gino here, and we'll have the producer chair with Sylvia. Yeah, <laughs> throwing that in there. Um, what's interesting is what the other side fears most is that notoriety in their viewpoint. That's their filter, says no notoriety. We have influence. And children will know, like remember I said, at CBN, the women sought me out. They saw me there at that particular location. 
as, as a safe rock, basically. A guy they could count on not to be lusting after them or trying to take advantage of them. A rarity, a very big rarity. Well, they'll see us as uh, someone they see that they can go to and have influence and be able to make a difference with the films made also, so on a worldwide scale. And that's what's got the other side shook is that there's examples of humanity and more that follow your program that come on board too, that, that there's examples that good is the norm in humanity, that we gravitate towards good as humans. I don't believe we gravitate towards evil. It's all through Hollywood's films. They try to put that as a coding in, you know, as a pro uh, programming, but we're not. I, my life, from everything I've been through, what you've been through, Danny, you, Sylvia, Gina, I'm sure, it's like, we're not gravitating towards evil. We don't have any temptation to do it. I'm speaking, I don't think any of us do. We we naturally gravitate towards the good and the desire to please God. There's nothing, there's no cost, like there's nothing uh, damaging. There's nothing I regret. It's just something I I feel it's a good choice. It's the only choice, right? And, it's, and the rewards are great because you meet amazing people that are like that. And that was the code of the immortals. The code of the immortals, again, was um, having people that have those uh, hearts, compassion, skill sets, different disciplines coming together. There's the code. The Wachowskis didn't want to say that, but that's the code. And during the pitch session, I talked about that. So Bonaventura knew what the purpose of the instrument was when he was saying, we're making this, it's going to be revolutionary. So that's why they called the one installment revolutions, right? Matrix revolutions. That was Bonaventura slapping my face as the author because he said it was revolutionary. We're making this. See how they do that all the time, right? Those green codes behind you, Gino, someday I need to go have a staff, uh, a couple staff members when we get all established with studios and everything, um, go through all the little green things and find what's in there. I'm told there's um, certain names there and you might find Daniel and everybody, all y'all, because <laughs> they like to project who's going to be working and who they see as high up. And so you're going to see certain uh, numbers, names, things like that that are there intentionally, which uh, Susanna Bolgen, the graphic designer says, is there intentionally. More than you'll ever know is the quote the Wachowski said. So someday we'll have to garner through it all, have staff that are willing to, that are gifted at that kind of thing, visual acuity, or sense, you know, spotting, and be able to just go through and see what we can dig up. You know? Well, I kind of imagine it as like a word search. Like there could be diagonal yeah. things, things going yeah. backwards, upside down, right? All Good that point. Stuff. Fun. Yeah, good point. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, that'd be one of the jobs ahead. So yeah, and that could be something. Because yeah. when you look at some of those things again, like the um, uh, Tom Park old house across the screen, I mean, come on, changing the antique shop to antique house. And they've so been weird. getting away with it so far pretty well, haven't they, all these years. With that, when you have these programs that talk about Easter eggs, you know, and they even have some for the Matrix, and they're never, that's the biggest Easter eggs of all, you know? But you wouldn't know it unless you knew the author, you know, the birthday, the high school, all of that. But that's how sadistic do you have to be to sit around and like just say, oh, we could get them this way and this way and this way. Like come up with all these things. Like, why not just concentrate on making a good movie? Yeah. Like, and, why, and you know why what not? I mean? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But see, you know how they get away with that. So like you'll say how sadistic, but if they're like finally caught, to which they are. Yeah. They'll be like, what do you mean, Gino? We were honoring him. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. Good point. Yeah, exactly right. The fact that we have not broken, 
right? I mean, I'm not saying that through this journey, when the real life story is told on all of us, like Danny, myself and all, all of us, it will be raw and real. We need to show it raw and real. If there's a moment where I was just in tears, banging my head on the wall, it needs to be shown that it's not sterilized or polished. It needs to be the true human experience that we all went through mm -hmm. so that people can go, yes, I, I can walk in those shoes and I see that and then tell their story. So really what we're doing is our stories God has and the prophecy that he put in all is going to allow others to tell their stories. I have a project I want to do at some point where people in elderly homes, like the Brothers Grimm, that we gather their stories. When was their most special moment? A library where people are valued and each person's story matters. Even if we're just in the beginning garnering, you know, what is your most important moment? What's your most important uh, thought process or, or mantra that keeps you going? And I envision almost like this beautiful library where these, these different people's names are all around, all through with their very special moment. And you can actually hook in and live their memory, you know, and, and just show that everybody has value. That's the way God designed it. He didn't, God didn't design it for Hollywood stars to be the ones that we only chew into. It's everybody is to bring humanity together and that's why he had the screenplay designed the way it was to immerse audiences and i can talk about that later sometime about how Man. that was done tom that's an interesting point i never really thought of like you're saying like just delve into somebody's good memories or, or a pleasant right. moment or right. something library memories but right. that's kind of, that is what hollywood has tried to do they, they, they try to prop up false memories so that we mm -hmm. can get into the character's mind and say oh wow that's so cool to be that character or exactly what a tragedy that's happened yeah i never really looked at it exactly that. yeah so basically it's like bullies in school where if you look at a bully in school and their com comrades they try to make it to other kids that they're the only ones that matter that their story is the only one that have importance and it's like mean girls and mean boys and so it's like that's what hollywood does and so it's like Keanu Reeves, it was supposed to focus only on him. No, I'd rather be interested in the person down the street and what their hopes and dreams are than in any Hollywood star. So, yeah. Especially elderly locked away in a home that have nobody coming to visit them. Can you imagine them getting to share their story, knowing their story will always be known? What does Hollywood do in their films often? Like even with Troy, Achilles is offered the thing through his mom where she gets this kind of uh, Zeus leading or something where she says, if you go this route, you will be remembered and your family loved as a father, as a grandfather. And then in a couple of generations, you'll be forgotten. If you go to Troy, you'll be killed, but you'll be remembered immortally. And he chooses that. Wouldn't it be better to choose to be the father that's adored and loving your kids and be remembered for being a loving person and a grandfather? And okay, if I get two generations after I'm forgotten, it's worth it. It's worth it. And that's why I was the right guy for the job for immortals, one of the right guys I would think I was picked for because that's my mindset, not to go to Troy to be immortalized in battle, but to actually have it where I can, you know, I'm willing to give up myself. And I didn't know when I wrote it, it was a lot of work writing that thing to be true and faithful in it, you know, very, very laborsome. And it was very emotional. And I didn't know if anybody would ever see it. I thought it'd be seen in generations to come. And, but I had to write it from a place of service, servant, right? Which is what samurai originally meant, servant, right? And it's like, so I was supposed to write it as a servant and not have any of myself in that. But to write the characters, I had to write off myself. So Neo, Jim, Reese 
is Tom Althaus because I had to flesh the character out. So the character has all those layers of while he react exactly as I would. I had to flesh that character out so I am actually being genuine and real. Same with the Oracle was modeled after myself so I could flesh him out. That's yeah. interesting about leaving a legacy. Like I, I've never really thought about it Like because I always, you kind of equate legacy with like fame or something like that. But legacy oh. doesn't mean fame, even though the media would make it that way. But mm. a legacy could be just leaving behind good moral character, right? Being an example to the generations mm -hmm. that follow in your own lineage. Exactly. Or even, you know, friends of lineage or whatever. But exactly. I think that's that's critical. Like, that, our character matters. I mean, the Bible's very clear that your character shows your faith. Like, that is something that, um, if we're to be ambassadors of Christ, then our character has to be modeled after him. I mean, he's the that's leader right. yeah. of, of our faith. So, obviously, like, that's... He was perfect. He walked a perfect life. And he was compassionate and empathetic. And no one ever accused him of being overly empathetic or overly compassionate. <laughs> right. That and I remember. Genuine. Genuine. That's the thing. Genuine. Now, that's what I want to point out. You brought up something very important. A Sound of Freedom again, which is a CIA crafted with Disney, um, failed studio, Angel Studios, CBN. It By was the way, PR is it's I haven't heard anything about it lately. Is anybody because they're being revealed? Lately? They're starting to be revealed oh, okay. now just, as all these things that involved in it that were shady, and that's why I'm looking forward to the the time that's coming where real films will be brought forward. They wanted to say that it's done, it's used up, and the agencies wanted to be capped off and saying it did some good, like with Robertson, that the film did some good. Sound familiar? But what's interesting is when you watch this stuff, it's sterilized, like I said, not only with lighting but the characters. When you are hiding stuff and you're not genuine and you're telling a story that's not true, like some of these fake truthers, you are glossing over everything. And everything just seems like there seems like something's missing. What did people say about the Matrix? It seems like scenes or something's missing, right? When you have the genuine story where it's actually coming from the heart of the writers being male or female, they're going to go ahead and, and it'll be all fleshed out. All the layers will be there because it's a genuine telling. When the people that are hiding something they make it very slick and glossy and they only it's not believable that's exactly what angel studios does i look forward to a down and dirty gritty uh no cia fbi controlled film about child trafficking in this country about how big it is with dirty grimy gritty characters that are just real and then seeing people that know like ourselves talking about it and saying what I want you to take home from here, people is there's more to be done. Don't stop with us. Don't stop with us. Make more. Let us be a catalyst to more being made, not saying what these agencies are doing through sound of freedom. We already basically did it. We did it. And we're stars. No, that's CBN. That's Pat Robertson's method, not only lighting, but their mentality where they're focusing in on the people on the beach on their body parts. There is no heart behind it. And that's what we need to be attuned to, the discernment as Christians or believers, is let that discernment, let it happen. Let your discernment go where something doesn't seem quite believable and something doesn't see, something seems slick and glossed over, then listen to that. Listen to that. And use it as an opportunity to go, there's more work that needs to be done in this area because it was glossed over, you know? So that's exactly what we need to do is let it open our eyes rather than let us feel complacent. You know, let it be a call to action rather than a feeling that, oh, it's all been done for us.
It's never what I'd like home. to see at the end of that movie is um, maybe like a couple real life. I mean, obviously, I think the movie needs to be based on real stories, real families. And things exactly. Like that. But, exactly. But after, I would love to see the actual real families that are portrayed in the movie. And then maybe point to like a website that has everybody, all these thousands and thousands of families that have been torn apart by this evil, corrupt system. And have yes. them giving, sharing their stories online. So millions and millions of people can share it and see what really happened. Because you're right, Tom. This is the dark ages. People, we're going to look mm-hmm. back. And mm-hmm. people are going to be like, that really happened? And people allowed it? Like, that is that is going to be a wake-up call. Like, I, abortion's another one. Like, you think of abortion. I don't know. It was 50 million babies, I think, last year up to that point mm-hmm. that had been murdered. Just in America. Just here. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mm-hmm. include the whole world. I mean, China, it's off the, off the charts. But 50 mm-hmm. million. That, okay, the Nazis killed, what, 11 million, 6 million Jews, 11 million total, I think, in World War II. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you all think, kinds. Like, that's a that's a horrible tragedy, a Holocaust, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But we have a Holocaust mm-hmm. going on right here in America for fifty years, exactly, and no exactly. one blinked an eye. Barely anybody blinked an eye, and they just said, "Oh, well, it's just you know, uh, healthcare for women." <laughs> like what? No, like not what at are all. you talking about? And it's not to say that there's not forgiveness if a woman has made that choice. I mean, of course, there's forgiveness. Jesus offers forgiveness to all of us for we've all sinned right. and fallen short of His glory. But at the end of the day, we have to like. We have to look back at this era of time with, between foster care and adoption and all this other stuff, the abuses that have been going on against children, and say, oh my gosh, this is biblical. This is right. what they were doing. The Old Testament's full of this, sacrificing mm-hmm. children. Mm-hmm. And how, how did we turn a blind eye to it? How did we not know it was going on? That's right. That's why I, then, I, I think yeah. I've, told, I've told the girls this, and I, I, we're building a catalog. Like it's, this is for future. Like people are going to go back and they're going to mm-hmm. look and they're going to go, mm-hmm. oh, mm-hmm. oh, there was voices crying in the wilderness about this, right? Mm-hmm. There was people that were actually awake to what was going on and, and they wanted to do something. Like, it's not about fame and fortune. Who cares no. about all that crap? I no. ain't going with me. <laughs> like, it's no. about laying down your life for the ones that can't lay it down for themselves. Like, I, I don't know. Like, we have to be ready to give it all. You're spot you know, on. For, yeah, you're spot on. As soon as we're fame and fortune, we're off topic. As soon as we're fame and fortune, we're clicking in other people's discernment alarms, which means we're off, we're off the air. And one of the things too that I think you'll see is remember I was saying about the immortals, um, how it was, um, what was I saying? That it was cleansed by the other side, right? They they took the agents out, the agent relationship with Smith and everything, uh, and Neo. So that's exactly what Sound of Freedom. I want to point this out again is what they did was cleanse that also. What needs to happen is that that new one or the ones that will actually talk about child trafficking in this country will also have agents in it saying that the agencies are involved in the trafficking. Now that will be a film that will help the children. Sylvia is one of them. (laughs) Right. Right, see, that's what I'm saying. How many organizations are like your organization? How many organizations are addressing the very topic you're doing? How important is that topic to foster children, all the, and especially the ones that are growing and aging, right? So it's like, how many are doing it? How important is it? And here are you guys, like Gino said, crying in the wilderness, right? Crying out in the wilderness. So it's like, we are in the dark ages. When I was little, I wondered, um, am I on this planet? Because I was asked, was I asking to come to the worst time in humanity? Was I saying, pick me, choose me to come to the worst time in humanity so I can make a difference? Did I come here not for a vacation, but actually to make a difference in the time that mattered most? 
and and we look at our characters i could see myself doing that does god have that i don't know but as a young child that's what my mind thought that i was actually here because i volunteered to be here at the worst time in humanity that is literally I'm not even kidding you. When I was a kid, I used to tell my mom that. I used to cry. And I really? used to say, I know I'm supposed to be doing something big. Wow. And she's like, what do you mean? And I'm like, I'm supposed to do something for God. <laughs> See, that's what's happening now. The reason I wrote the screenplay, too, I was given is to bring people together, remnant couples and stuff, too. That would be like, because the, the cabal can't deal with power couples and two people. And you're going to see all kinds of people coming together, finding themselves where it's like butter and bread. You'll be like, oh, my God, you think exactly like I do. Oh, my God. It's just like it's like God is so smart. He's going to have this situation where um, the other side doesn't have to deal with that. They isolate and alienate. And that's their big tactic in their playbook is to isolate us all. The man, the women, they're all separated. But when you have these power situations, Hollywood is they're freaking out. They don't know what to do because that is influence. And you have each other's back. They can't take you on 302s. They can't come in and take your kids anymore. They don't know what to handle because you are all accomplished people working side by side the way God designed it. That is beautiful. And isn't it something that I think that's what's going to take us out of the dark ages. What God instilled for man and woman will take us out of the dark ages. And you know what? The other side, the cabal is going to be like, we want that. It's almost like Jerry Maguire, the end of Jerry Maguire, where Jerry's hugging uh, uh, Tilton or whatever. The main player's hugging Jerry Maguire as his agent. And the one agent's watching, going to his guy, or the one guy who's sponsored by this different agent that was competing, going, why don't we have that? Mm -hmm. You know, why don't we have that? <laughs> so God wins by his own design, being not disrupted anymore. And watch what happens. So... I've been telling even friends, watch for this now. I think God's going to open the door where he's just going to restore, restore everything. And we're going to see amazing too. situations. And I can't wait for game nights. I'm telling you, <laughs> because it's going to be easy. They won't have anything to throw at us anymore. We have been run through the gauntlet, run down the lines. We have been uh, loss after loss after loss. And just like we're tied to a stake on the playing field and they're running the ball and we can't do anything. Now we're untied. And now we'll be teaming and now we'll be winning. And it's going to be so much more time we have that we'll be like, wow, this is amazing. This is easy. And I think God's actually leading where we're supposed to enjoy ourselves now. And we're going to see kids being freed and everything else. It's going to drive the other side crazy. God's smart. He knows what drives them crazy. Victories, us enjoying ourselves, will be more productive with, with feeling like we're not pulling ourselves every direction we won't be controlled we won't be played and the other side's gonna be running it's almost like that that idea i saw where a calf had a young cow had never touched grass and they let it go down the ramp for the first time and go onto a field and it just leaped around so gino i look forward to you leaping it's going to be amazing <laughs> Because I think that's what God has intended. If yeah, my knees God. hold up, maybe I will. Um, our good friend, <laughs> Joyful June, <laughs> said, Sylvia and Danielle kind of look like angels looking over Tom and Gino. Tom, Aww. That's what it feels like. I, I'm I'm a, I'm a, I know, but Tom, I'm afraid to ask Joyful June, what are we then? <laughs> I don't know what. If we are means. mere mortals. We are mere okay. mortals All right. All right, among these that. angels. So, yeah. <laughs> that was and better, that's better than I was thinking. Yeah. But um, the guys are going to learn this too. I always felt like one of my callings was to work with guys in the world because really we have just been in the stone age. 
You know, it's like you go into a locker room and it's like, do we have any other topic? Is there any other topic you want to talk about besides sports and women's bodies? Please. You know, it's like, please, can we talk something intellectual? Shakespeare? And you get hit with towels. It's like, why can't we have men actually going way above and rising up in especially Christian men? Come on, guys. You know? Yes. And yeah, yeah. Let's seriously. That's yeah, wouldn't it be cool? Vision. I want to do I want to do a <laughs> film where there's a scene where the guys come into a locker room and they're each just raving about the woman they're with, about how amazing she is. She just does so much for people and she's just an incredible person. It's like, that's how mine is. She's incredible. I want a scene like that. I want a scene, the literal locker room scene where these guys are just, just enamored with their wives and their girlfriends and just lifting them up and saying like, she's amazing. I am so blessed. I mean, so am I. Oh my God. Now, I, people might think that's a boring scene, but I'll tell you what, it's never been done before because well, it's time it's done in life. Kind of. I mean, like Leave it to Beaver, Ward and Judy were kind of like the perfect couple, weren't they? Leave it to Beaver? You to, if that's what we're drawing from. So. And Gino, you just proved my point. <laughs> we, we got problems at this that's, place. That's when they had the beds separated in the seams. They never ever shared the same beddies. So, Ward yeah. always had his suit on, suit and tie up yeah, there. And yeah. She was all dressed up in her dress and apron. Yeah. <laughs> if we're going back to gosh and golly, then we really are hurting a society. So, yeah. Gee whiz. Uh, gee whiz. <laughs> <laughs> That's like saying heaven. I could. I, I was. I was really trying to think of like one like old TV show where maybe it there was really kind of like that. But there really I mean, isn't. Not that I think. Go to Mr. It. Ed. Maybe Mr. Ed with a horse. The as far Bunch. as guys. Yeah. What's that? The Brady Bunch the Brady was a broken. Bunch? They were a broken family though. Like they. Oh, they were both. There was a lot of came together. a lot of sexual tension in the Brady Bunch. Oh, oh tons. Tons. <laughs> my I mean, my and then God, it turns out wasn't brothers. wasn't he gay too? I forgot his name. Oh, Robert. Uh, my yeah, he God. ended up, like, he was gay. So he, they said on set, like, they're supposed to hug and kiss, and he never really wanted to even touch. Um, oh, my God. Henderson. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. yeah. So, no, I, I, that's, that's a scene I want to actually propose, is that let's actually have that mentality for all guys now. Let's start to turn this around, because we've been hijacked, that you and programmed often. Even the dads will be like, go get her, son. You know, it's like, yeah. It's like, what the heck? That's well, true. what kind of relationship do you expect down the road if that's the mentality, right? So, yeah, it's going to be cool. And um, it's going to Adam be cool. Hug a Pug said, we, we few, we happy few, we band of brothers. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Yes. And it, yeah, so I, I like you, that. Thank you. Thank she you. said, Tom, she's calling us the unified ones, you and I, the unified ones who are already working to make the world a better place. Yay. And then she even, gave me a, she even gave me a U of M heart, maize and blue. Beautiful. She, she's always so thoughtful. Thank you. Uh, okay, I got homework. Homework for the guys there. Um, right. If you're with a person you love, I want you this week, if possible, to look in her eyes and um, just really show her how you feel and let the tears go and let her know how you feel. All right? There's nothing wrong with showing the tears. In fact, that's been robbed from us. Guys have tear ducts. And, and if you <laughs> really? show that you love the Only woman you're with, it will, only if I'm chopping chocolate. onions or I got sand in my eyes, Tom. That's right. the only or thing. if, you're, or if like your lion's loose. 
Or <laughs> <Our> blinds. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Three things. Okay. Well, yeah. tomorrow yeah, that's is Valentine's Day, it so that's like that's a, a good point. That's, that's a good point. Yeah. Escape right there. Like you can go ahead and there you go. Do it for yeah. Valentine's. You yeah. heard the man, Gino. Get it together. <laughs> yes. Do it. I gotta do it, say, Gino. I, I wanna... You know what's weird? Like I, as I've gotten older, like I definitely cry a lot more. Like I never. <laughs> That wasn't that's a, a thing. good like, thing there's nothing wrong i know with i i know i'm not like embarrassed about it but it's it is weird like you as you grow older like closer to death <laughs> not to be morbid but, closer like, to death thing. as i as i'm getting closer you know, no like, to, to the end of the end of my days like you just realize like let's face it Tom. there's probably less days ahead of me than there are behind right so not with you know, what's going on through the screenplay if no. god gives me 30 more years, let's just say. I don't know, whatever. You or maybe might he gives have me 40. 200 more years and plus. Maybe. According maybe. to what Stanford, IBM, and exactly what I was given to write in the screenplay. The Immortals. The Immortals. And true. Yeah, because maybe there'll be some medical advances and things like that. There is already hidden forever. for the elite. Yeah, so, there is already. Yeah. So stop this. But Tom, you know, Tom the only, I don't care about more days. Can I get more hair? That's my <laughs> Sure, <laughs> that's sure, absolutely. You will have a life without um, uh, medical problems. That's part. It's all. I was given that for the screenplay. It's I happening. I think you Stanford, have to uh, donate to rescue the Fosters in order to get hair. Otherwise, you will yeah. not get. Hair. And, and like Pat, Pat Robertson's ministry. Are you gonna have? Pat Robertson's you gotta have. You gotta have that guy playing the drums, Sylvia. If you donate that's right, that's elsewhere, right. Yeah. if yeah. you donate elsewhere, you're gonna lose all your hair. That's right. It's gonna go out. Fifty percent more is gonna go. And your wife's gonna have to go, honey. You're supposed to be in the 700 Club, and uh, Pat Robertson's cryogenic electric bill. So if you don't do that, then you're gonna have, yeah, yeah, you're gonna you have that, to pay more. That electric bill's got to be outrageous, man. Oh my Keep God! Well, ice. I mean, anybody who can leg press what 2,000 pounds—that's <laughs> that's right. a little more. That's a little more power needed to get that heart, yes. you know, preserved. So that's that's a man's man, Marion. Go get him, buddy. Get buddy. <laughs> I got to hand it. Yeah, Morpheus has done a good job back there, buddy. Way to go, buddy. So, and good pro good job improvising the lines too during the show. That must have been kill. That's oh, yeah. yeah. Tom, when you were behind the CBN, like behind the cameras, did you ever hear anybody call him Marion, like to his face? <laughs> no, you don't do that. You don't do that. It's a no no. No, it's I am Pat. Yeah, Pat. Pat. Yeah. But isn't yeah, that Pat. like old Saturday Night Live, Chris, or whatever is it, old Saturday Night Live, where they never knew the gender of the person? Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, Pat's one of those names. Yeah. That could have been mm -hmm. a good one. Yeah. So anyway. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. Great, great skip, Pat. I used to love those. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I gotta so say, that's... It's kind of it's kind of come true, though, <laughs> in our society, if you think about it. Like, that was kind of a well, very, like, weird thing back then. Now it's, like, commonplace. Like, I, Tom, I'm not joking. Just, like, you can yeah. ask my wife. We'll go through a drive through or something or a restaurant, and <laughs> I would say 50% of the time, I don't know if it's man or woman. Well, I mean, that's I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. 50%? Yeah. yeah. I'm not exaggerating. That means maybe one of you. Maybe it's my bad eyes. So one of the one of the angels, one of the angels, we must be confused then, right? It's like <laughs> that's right, fifty percent. Oh goodness, that's a lot. Oh my gosh, it is a lot. But I'm not joking. Like every time I go through, I'm thinking, was that a guy or a girl? Like I don't, because they're dressing the same, they have the same hairstyles, 
the guys are wearing makeup and, and finger polish. <laughs> like, I cannot tell. And I'm not exaggerating. Like, it is so crazy what has happened. And it's like, I feel bad because these poor kids, like, there's this yeah. identity crisis that is happening in America, for sure. Like, it is just this oh, for sure. generation that is just lost in this, you know, who do I identify as? You know, what is it today? What is it going to be tomorrow? Like, there's no certainty at all in their lives. And I mean, when, let's face it, when we were kids, like, there was a lot of things you were anxious about, right? And fearful of or whatever. Or am I, I was trying to stay that, alive. That group I mean, every, yeah, I was just trying to stay alive every day. My God. Yeah, so. I mean, you know, it's it, there's lots of embarrassing moments or things like that growing up. But then, like, you learn from those. Like, it makes you a stronger person as you grow up. Um, but it's, I don't know, nowadays, like, everybody's kind of, like, handled with, with no pun intended, kid gloves. But it's like, they're literally just like, okay, like, it's okay to do that in school. We're not going to come down. Like, if you're late, now, I don't know if this is true at my son's uh, school, but there was a period of time at the high school where you could show up as late as you want. And they weren't going to really? mark you because they didn't want to, they didn't want to be punctual, <laughs> punctually, uh, what do they call that? Racist? Like, uh, not abusive? racist, but what's, uh, not abusive. <laughs> uh, what's the word? Uh, politically correct like that. To, uh, um, punctuality. Punctuality. Is it punctuality? Is that what you call it? Or punctual? Yeah. Punctual. punctual. Right? Yeah. Like, not to be like, yeah, it wasn't racist. It was more like this thing. Sexual prejudice. We don't really go by time, set time. So just show up. Like, what? What are you? They go on Gandalf. Blows my mind. Gandalf time. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Thank God I don't think they're doing that anymore. That was for like a semester or something. Oh, okay. That must have been fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Can you imagine being a teacher and like, you're just like, ah, whatever. Okay. Well, I guess they'll stroll in whenever they feel like it. If I was a teacher, no one showed up and like, woohoo, all right, I'm going to lunch. Right. Like, how long does the teacher have to stay there and still get see paid if they yeah. show up? And then these are the kids you're putting in the workforce. Like, are they going to show up late for work too then? No Is that okay? Well, that's a whole school? topic on itself, the whole workforce thing. I mean, my God, was that designed by the Rothschilds, Rockefellers, and the rest? And uh, yeah, it's like, uh, we were not supposed to have a 40 hour work week. And now it's like time on time. Everybody, we're supposed to be 30 hours, I think. So Sorry. this was a way to control population. So that's what I'm saying. Okay. I said, when I form, when you form our company, my company, I want it to be like, you can work maybe uh hour and a half, two hours a day, as long as you're productive. And the rest of the day, I just want you to be happy. So you can come back the next day and be creative. So, yes. Sorry. I didn't mean to laugh, but <laughs> joyful. <clears throat> Marry on my wayward son. There'll be peace when you are done. <laughs> So here we have two extremes here. I'm planning on being, what, 500 years old, looking like I'm 30. You're telling me you have a couple of days left. But it's like, no, Stanford, IBM, they already got it. Mortals, yeah. It's like they already, they've solved this problem already. And as I predicted, as I was given to say in the screenplay, what God led me was that only the elite would be allowed it. And they make excuses why the poor can't have it. Isn't that something? That's exactly what Oliver Carmen is, which uh, Joel Silver laundered with Netflix after the case was thrown exact premise and saying it's the world's greatest concept hmm. in film uh that's the concept that the rich have immortality the poor is used as pawns and they're making that very excuse right now with the red thing they're saying that um it's not available for uh, not testing available for the common people it's only for the elite right now they're actually saying exactly what's in the screenplay and that's something that so is. yeah 
And then it's a reward system. The One World Society comes about that if you are in a top position of governance or in a world leader in certain countries, you and your family are offered the immortal program. There you go. And they turn it, as Danny said, they lift it and shuffle it around and turn it into the matrix program. There you go. So we are destined to be part of the immortal program. And it's written as God gave in the original screenplay. So Joyful June, the rest, we're destined, we're remnant. We're supposed to be part, <laughs> able to be part of the Aaron, yeah, the immortal remnant, uh, the immor there immortal program. Please be a Joyful June and an Adam hug a pug in this movie, please. There has to be, there has to be. You're Absolutely. already, if you're here watching this show, <laughs> then you're part of the story, right? Yes. You're part of this real yes. life story. It's yes. already happening. It's happening right now. You're in it. So be joyful. Yes. But whatever month you choose. So it's like, yeah. So yeah. Joyful yeah. July. Yeah, there you go. Joyful July. It's like, yeah. Joyful February right now. Yeah. And so that's and, it. Tom, Todd is actually never... having a happen. Yeah, you've just it. never had the pleasure of meeting Joyful June. I mean, like I've said this many times, she might Game be the night. most genuine person on the planet. Like I don't Game know night. a nicer person that's more real than Joyful June. I know her personally. Game she night. is just a fantastic human being. Well, that's going to be a tough one because you can ask Danny how I've been saying that she's really amazing. So it's like, yeah, well, blowing it by with the genuineness. So yes, Joyful I'll June, if you're there. up there with that, if you're at Danny level, I'm impressed. Yeah. <laughs> Danny level. <laughs> I mean, Danny sets the bar. Danny sets the bar. So it's like that Sylvia's, is high Sylvia's jump. Sylvia's right with me. Oh, I know. I wouldn't. I, there's the bestie talk. I would not. I would not ever, ever suggest there's any difference between you and Sylvia. I wouldn't. And I am deeply impressed with Sylvia's like that first talk I saw. Again, I was just like, wow, non-scripted. So yeah, you guys are powerhouses. Well, I am now offended, so I'm out here. See you guys. <laughs> Sorry, you know that was it was like a that was a heart wrench right there. Heart wrench. I was gonna stay off the screen for a minute. I'm like, oh, I can't do that. Yeah, I know, I know. Almost lost my immortality. Yeah, so that would have been funny if you stayed yeah. off for a minute. That would have been wild. Then you see my face go. <laughs> Gino, come back. Oh, that was man. funny. Good stuff. Well, I love is talking a, is about Marion. Is that a game chair? It is. Actually, you don't. Yeah, here, see? Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I could, it just jumped at me. Yeah. So okay. my daughter's boyfriend gave me this about six months ago. He hated it. So yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'll take it. Of course I will. Because I was just using this piece of crap like, oh, my gosh. My back would hurt when I was done. <laughs> like, it was horrible. It this thing's rocks. amazing. It rocks. It rocks. It moves I'll, back. I'll, rocks. I want yeah. one. Wait. Of why don't Why don't you do yeah. that, buddy? Why don't you rock it? <laughs> <laughs> that was actually there like that. smart of him. Yeah. He He like got in with you. He's He's pissed. Oh yeah, at you right totally. Now. Look at Look at him right now. He's pissed. He's gonna like he suddenly his hands oh, are just gonna go like that. It's like I was gonna say he's about to choke you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like he's, he's staring at me actually. Like he I'm, is. He's He's sizing you up. He's sizing you up. He's like he's, he's got some creeper going on, that's for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. he's definitely creeping it. Yeah, Tom, you that's took the, the glasses off. I love it. Was put the glasses back on, that was really cool. All right, no just problem. Like, okay, uh, hang on. Agent Smith. It's like, all right, there you go. With the tie, <laughs> yeah, so perfect. Uh, which is what I wore at CBN. This is what I wore at CBN. That's why Smith does that. Yeah, 
Again, if you look at the description of the Smith agent in the original screenplay, right? If you look at the original description, it's like, that's what he Hugo drew off of. That's what he did off the original description of the agent. And it's perfect. And I know the Wachowskis went, keep that. And what you usually do as an actor, like I said, you, you do an over-the-top interpretation, really big, and the director's supposed to, what you do, Gino, is you pull them back down and shape them to what you want with direction, right? So that you do something big. And so he did something big, which is more cartoonish. And I know the Wachowskis and their pea brains went, keep that, do it just like that. Poor guy. <laughs> You know, even though it became iconic, it's like, so later sometime, yeah, I don't know if I did it before, but we'll read the description of the Smith agent that Hugo actually read on site. Adam wants Good. to know which pill goes where. I think one's a suppository, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that blue one's for his stomach problems because he's been stomaching me. The red one goes right up the old tube. So, yeah. 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 There you go. Nice. You got to laugh. You gotta laugh. This stuff is so serious. You just have to laugh sometimes. Well, that's right? so stupid. They stole like in this situation, in our situation about the screenplay. It was so stupid they stole it. I mean, <laughs> the writer knows what he was given, and and all the layers to it. If you're gonna strip it apart, then it's gonna come back and bite you. The only one that really knows it, and then they have their meetings where they go, you know, we know we have something cool. We don't know what it was means, and the Wachowskis can't, can't explain it. So Joel Silver explains it wrong. It just sets a stage for us. It's going to be nice to actually do it, but you're well, right. Uh, we can kind of relate with the child trafficking stuff because things like where people, uh, we are the ones that keep getting all the cases coming to us, the parents, the families, the foster children, everybody's coming to us. And we mm -hmm. have like a collection of all the, all of these cases. Mm -hmm. And then we've got people over here off on the side being like, we're fighting child trafficking. We're yeah. going to take the system down. And we're yeah. like, hey, guys, we're the ones with the informa information. You know, Facilitating you probably want to talk it. to us. And they right, and actually, actually doing the right. court stuff, too. Right, right. <laughs> that's that's the wave of the future, is the actually roll up the sleeves, get it done, solve the problem, form the organizations that put boots mm -hmm. on the ground. That's the future instead of just talking. Yeah. Yeah. So that's good. Action that's good. is love. Yes. I love it. Like Pat Robertson said. What do you say that you get as a, as a Thousand Club member? You get, what was that we said? He said, you get pins and his love. It's like, sign me up. <laughs> and travel agency benefits of 10%. It's, yeah. it's irresistible, isn't it? Man, I'm it really is. Donate and he's dead. I know. And I, I, I mean, so when you donate, you get a fanfare too. Oh, he, he's planning on being back. I guarantee you. Him and Disney. <laughs> him and old Waldy. Yeah. You think Marianne they'll cart Wall. them out at the same time, like just kind of like, you know, in, in I, Revelation. I that's gonna. That's a good question. I wonder if one's gonna want to go first to see if it works. Yeah. Well, in the one, book of Revelation, the two witnesses appear on the scene in Israel just at the uh, during the tribulation. So I wonder if it's yeah. maybe it's Pat Robertson and <laughs> Disney together to just wheel them out. Just maybe drop the them bad there in the streets, downtown yeah. Jerusalem. I, yeah, I I want to I want to see if I can submit to the cryo center a uh, power bill, fake power bill, where they have to actually uh, cut the power off for a little bit. Yeah. That's not murder, it, right? It's not murder if they're already dead. No. Right? Wouldn't it be funny? You cut the lines, right? And then you have a generator outside with gas, and you just start pouring the gas on the grass. <laughs> not into the nice. generator. Yeah. Because, <laughs> I mean, but... that's what I was thinking. I mean, what, what kind of trial would it be, Gino? Yeah, if, if hmm. somebody went in and pulled the plug on the cryo container, 
that's not murder, right? They're a dead person. It's a dark subject. I know it's a dark subject, but hey, I'm not saying I'm going to do it. I'm just saying that, you know, I mean, let's put the fear Tom, in the cabal. They're essentially popsicles right now. Let's face it. Okay? That's it. Like, so can you kill a popsicle? They're just going to melt. They'll just melt. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh, oh my so God. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> I know it really is hard. bad. Wait, I don't understand. Are they actually alive or frozen? They're well in the screenplay. They're uh, Neo's frozen with his energies injuries killed. He's dead with his energies. Energies, injuries. He's killed with his injuries. It's like what's going on with my brain? It's like stop it, Morpheus. Anyway, he's tickling me. So yeah, so it's like he's frozen with his injuries. There it came out right. And he's brought back at a time where they can heal it up. And that's, I think they did that in Star Trek too. Later they have a Star Trek episode like that where they come back and um, they're all like, what? So yeah, anyway, I would not do it though. I wouldn't pull it. Well, I mean, if I was totally alone, no one was looking, who knows? <laughs> no closed know. circuit TV, no ring cams yeah. anywhere. I mean, I would, yeah, I'd have to pretend I'm tripping. So, oh my gosh, like, speaking of ring cams today, my cousin called me. She's actually a stunt woman, by the way. She calls oh. me, she's like, hey, can you come look at this house? I wanna buy, I'm like, all right. So I go look at the house. She wanted me to check the foundation on it and stuff. So I go over there and she's already been there like a couple times, so she's been inside, but I've never seen the inside of this house. And so okay. we're at the front door and she she like kind of leans on the handle and the door opens. <laughs> so she's like, oh cool, it's unlocked. We can just walk in. And I'm like, okay, I've literally seen thousands of houses, like not even yeah. exaggerating. And I'm like, uh, that's pretty much trespassing. <laughs> like you don't just get to walk in the house. No right. one's living there. It's a vacant house, but still, right? right. And I see all these right. ring cameras all over. And I'm like, I'm like, Sarah, oh, no. I'm like, I'm like, there's ring cameras. She's like, oh, they're all turned off. I'm like, okay. So we're walking to wow. the house. We're there. We're there for like you 20 minutes. We... Oh, yeah. yeah. We come out. We're on the front porch. And then we're looking at the driveway because it's like sinking or something. And she's asked me about that. And all of a sudden we hear a voice and he's like, what are you doing in my house? Oh <laughs> my like, God. Oh my God. And she's wow. freaking out. She's like, who said that? I'm like, it's the ring. He's he's watching on the ring. So he oh. was actually really cool. I got to be honest. Like, he's like, he's like, well, if you're going to buy it, it's okay. <laughs> like he was cracking. Well, there you go. Yeah. 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 But it was kind of scary because I'm like, he could have called the cops at any second. And I would have been arrested today and we wouldn't have a show for That's trespassing. That's not good. Not good. No. no. And you guys would be like, what happened to him? What happened? Yeah. It would have been scary. And I would have had to call for bail money. Who's going to bail me out? Which one of you? Uh, wait. The angels? The angels? No, Morpheus, or Morpheus just said he'd do it. Morpheus. There you go, buddy. We'll bail you out. We'll bail you out. <laughs> They'll do a fundraiser nice. for my bail money. Yeah. Look at your face, Gino. Nobody's going to keep you in a jail. Would you all bail me out? Yeah. I would. Yeah. I would. Yeah, totally. Sylvia, I'd probably let her stay for a day or two. Yeah, a day or two, I could figure out the trafficking on the inside. <laughs> you are so way. good. So good. Yeah. That's... I think I Just remember, don't go past the holding cell. Don't give them any information. Yeah. And don't take any pills. <laughs> they still have to feed if, you. Yes, refuse say, the pills. If, yeah. Yes. Yeah, if they say absolutely. it's Tylenol, it's not. No. If they say it's don't worry about it, something to calm you down, don't take it. Yeah, don't take it. Yeah. Yeah, don't do it. Yeah. Anyway. Cool. All right. I All feel right. like well, satiated. Everything's I think we settled a bunch of stuff tonight. Yeah. Thanks Covered, for running this clip. Any thoughts yeah, on the clips fun. before we go? Um, creepy. 
I, you know what's weird? I got to say, like, when I was a newer Christian, I was watching CBN. I think everybody does at some point if you're a Christian. Yeah. I and I remember, like, watching. I'm like, wow, these people that are, you know, they, they switch. They, they change their mind. Like, oh, my gosh, I wasn't giving, but yeah. now I'm going to start giving yeah. to CBN. And, and all of a sudden, like, magically within weeks, their finances, like, triple and double. And, and they had all these, like, you know, I don't know, families, a single person, a single mom, all these, like, feel-good stories. And yeah. it's funny, like, just thinking about it now, like, I, I literally fell for all of that stuff in the beginning. I mean, I was like, I thought God was this, you just pull his arm and he's like a cosmic jackpot. You just, like, yeah, yes, like, if I do it right, man, the money's coming in the mail. Like, and right. I, I went to all these churches that taught that garbage. But you know what? It was like this learning process that God had me on for about four years where he, it was just disappointment after disappointment. And see, what that system does is set you up to get mad at God like it's his fault. Not oh, like I, how would you let this happen? Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. like, you start thinking, like, well, these these preachers are showing these people on their TV shows, so they must be yeah. real. <laughs> they wouldn't put yeah. actors on there because they're Christians. But see, when you're naive and you're new to the faith and you're still green in your right. faith, like, you don't know right. that stuff. And you don't know the Bible well enough to know if it's biblical or not. You're just like, well, these guys know the Bible. They're, they're quoting a couple scriptures every show, so they must know what they're talking about. Yeah. And it's just like you said, they were nitpicking scriptures, whatever, to fit their agendas. Right, and it's like this. And if you don't meet the criteria, like, oh man, like you're right. you're a terrible Christian. Like you're going and literal you fanfare, go literal literal fanfare literal with the rimshaws and everything, and then like making it seem like everybody supports them, everybody loves them. There's a clip I want to show you sometime later uh, from Channel Ten in this area where you know Jimmy Swaggart had come forward, Jimmy Baker were, was caught. They're always Jimmys. It's really weird. It they were caught, weird. right? And so what's interesting is. Um, Channel 10, this um, Wes somebody, you'll see the clip, um, is doing this PR piece for Robertson by saying like, you know, all the, now there's wonder if, if televangelists are going down, but Pat Robertson is coming back strong. So it's a, totally a PR piece. You can see right through that also. Just like these other pieces, how they just manipulate everything. And, they, and he goes on about how they are um, checked by the Southern Baptist accreditation or something, right? And it's like they they they're, they're not checked. They're just allowed to do whatever they want. It's like they're policing themselves, right? That's how a lot of these uh, cabal groups do that. They get into policing themselves, so nothing's ever done. And then the West guys saying how you know sixty percent of other televangelists aren't letting them be checked by this Southern Baptist group. Well, it's like Robertson's group, so it's like it's just a lame thing to make it look like he's on the comeback mm -hmm. and that he's yeah. totally accountable and. You watch this and dissect this, and it's just once you are free, like you said, once you are free to actually uh, discern what's going on, use discernment, you can see right through it. You can see right through it. And then you're left to asking yourselves, like, World War II Germany again. Like, how did we not deal with the concentration camps? How did we not know this was going on? And that's used on the German people, like I said. But America, we have no excuse. No, this stuff we don't. It's not long. Yeah. To whom much is given, much will be required. <laughs> Bill, our good friend Bill Donahue said Gino paying his bail in gold pills. Yeah, Bill, I don't. Right now, I have thirty nine gold pills, so I don't think I'm going to get out of jail with the thirty nine. <laughs> if somebody I wants you to said make a donation, pills. I was like, no gold, gold, gold okay. pills. On, uh, okay. on Foxhole, they have a system called gold pills. So if your viewers huh? want to donate, they do it in these gold pills, and it's that's how you. And then oh, we okay. usually pass them along with other streamers or whatever. It's fun. 
Um, but yeah, there's different levels. Like a can is worth, or a cookie's worth 100, cans were 200, you know, and so on. They have all these different levels. But he was saying, you know, I could pay to my gold pills that I've, I'm at, I'm literally at 39 gold pills, which is about a penny a piece. And oh. actually, it's not even a penny because Foxhole, the, the pilled.net platform, they take, uh, I think it's, is it a quarter? I think they take 25% of your gold pills, and that keeps the platform wow. running. Okay. Yeah, so. Well, I can do the pills. I don't want to give you cookies, though. I like cookies. But I can do pills. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, no, but see, the cookie is is equivalent to 100 gold pills. See, wow. there's a cookie, there's a can, there's ships, there's all these cool things, phones, um, and it's different levels of gold pills. So when someone donates like a phone, that's, a phone is, uh, shades are 400, a phone is, I forgot what phone are, 600 or 300, I can't remember, I don't know. I don't get many phones, I get a lot of cans, that's kind of like the okay. uh, favorite, I think, amongst the uh, Foxholians, I call them. Wow, okay. That's like seven days and die. We find cans all the time in that game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool. yeah. All right. So anyway, all right. Well, good show. Fun show tonight. Uh, ladies, always a pleasure. Yeah. Tom, co-host Tom. He is officially the co-host again. We I know last week he was so he was moved. I could visibly see you were moved last week. I was excited and I had to try to act like toned down but inside there was fireworks going off it hurt you're you were just leaping inside you couldn't was, believe I was that leaping. he had become a co-host on yeah. tuesday nights. yeah like little you almost guy. those those tear ducts almost worked last week they almost well they're working. male they're male tear ducts so they you know they have a lot more trouble getting started so yeah <laughs> right <laughs> all right guys have a great night god bless what is today tuesday so tomorrow i am not having a show tomorrow night but we'll see you back thursday oh good show thursday night you're not going to want to miss rescue the fosters ladies who's our guest thursday zachary king Ooh, it's gonna be good gonna be good returning guest zachary king he was one of the top 10 warlocks satanist in the world like this guy he we when did we have him on it's been a long time been, um, um year and a half maybe no oh it's only a year okay mm -hmm. um anyway he was he was deep into this stuff and he was doing all kinds of like really sick ritualistic stuff too but he was signing like rock bands heavy metal bands in blood like they would literally sign the contracts in blood right. he said there was only right. if i remember correct he said there was only two bands and, and he signed a lot of them that did not sign in blood and i was kind of shocked by the two bands he said you two didn't sign in blood and Metallica, uh -huh. which blew me away. Wow, I, like, I really didn't expect that. Yeah, yeah. I don't, well, they I don't know what they but urine. I guess. I guess. <laughs> maybe they did. <laughs> I gotta ask. That would hurt that. less. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I like Zach was a really good guy. Like he converted. Obviously, he converted. He's a Christian now, but um, you know, he's got some. He's helped me a lot. He's helped me a lot. Um, just on regular cases and like, honestly, like trying to figure out the pedophile words like right okay so once you get into the pedophile uh rabbit hole or whatever you start to see it and you start to see it in restaurants mm -hmm. and uh -huh. um and i i literally will call him and say all right this is what the words are this is what the pictures are and he'll right. walk me through because this is how they communicate so like he's right. he's been so amazing and he'll help anyone that wants needs help if you're mm -hmm. uh in a rescue uh, or even if you're not if you're just curious he will pick up the phone and talk to you yeah i was gonna say he gives out his personal phone number like just mm -hmm. 
just randomly call him and he'll answer questions. He does have health problems now. I mean, he has diabetes and he's lost okay. his sight and some other oh. issues. But uh, Joyful June has gifted us the shades. Thank you. Now, Tom, if this was my other yeah. shows, I actually I actually have graphics that I can have come on the screen and you see a like my shades start playing some music, some like you know. Yeah. <clears throat> Kind of like cool. music. All right, um, let's do that. Yeah, it's fun. But I can't do it on here because I don't have it set up for this show. But maybe, just maybe, if you're lucky, I'll set it up for next week's show and you'll get to witness it. Yeah, well, here, this guy wants to say something back here. So, wait, just a second. Go ahead. Go ahead, Morpheus. <laughs> I get, got to get it to him here. Wait a second. Where's that going? Wait, he's not lined he's definitely, up. He is there definitely a man of little words. There uh, it goes. Go ahead. Single people um, tonight. Gino, I wanted to thank you for having me on, and uh, just you girls look great, and uh, you did a really good job. Thanks. I hate just standing here. Thanks, more. Okay, wow, Marcus. That's cool. Coming from someone famous like uh, Fishburne. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, thank you. You didn't see his look. Can I call him Larry? I don't know. You have to ask. What's you have to ask name? him. Ask him. Lawrence, Lawrence. Fishburne. Yeah. Can he, can he call? Can he call you, Larry? He's pissed. <laughs> I don't think so. It's not, not happy. It doesn't look like it. It's not going well. Yeah, it's not going well at all. Yeah. Okay, okay. cool. We'll, just, right. we'll leave it there. All right, guys. All right. Have a great night. We'll see you Thursday. Don't miss it. 730 Rescue the Fosters with Zachary King. Have a great night.